Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. What's up, Gary? Things are good, Colin. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready to go. Uh, the article for tonight is uh, Cycle of Innovation. Cycle uh, of Innovation. The cycle of innovation. We pitched them a couple of concepts. That's what they got back to us with. That's what they'd like you to speak to. Go ahead. Okay. So the cycle of innovation, it's, it's a pretty, you know, lofty term that people describe market cycles. I think right off the bat, we'll just get what does the cycle of innovation mean to you? Jack shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it, is, I think it's interesting, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, look, pretty- I don't even know what the fucking word the cycle of innovation means, but here's what I would say. There's people that are too early, Castor and all his fucking ilk, where people know of, of, of technology and they know it exists and they're just too early. Listen, Wine Library was by accident built on being early on the cycle of innovation. I thought by the year 2000 that everybody would walk into Wine Library with <laughs> this is funny to think. A scanner attached uh-huh. to their phone. No, and no, with, no, the cart is where you wanted it. Right, remember that? I thought by the year 2000, everybody would know every price of every wine in our store, which is I, why I became obsessed with having the lowest price on everything, because I didn't know how to answer that question of why somebody in Alabama had a better deal on this wine. And, and it made me a, pr- a disproportionate price. We were already a discounter, but it made me the disproportionate market leader in price, which was something I arbitraged against. So there's people that are too early, right? There's the people that are building consumer VR products right now that are not gonna work because nobody you know spends any time on VR, nor, like normal people, right? Then there's, then there's the people that I would say hit it right. Um, I. In my later years, I got really good at knowing something was 24 or 36 months away. I was uniquely good enough at selling to keep myself alive to when it happened. And then it was like buying Malibu beachfront property. The people that bought up the best property in Malibu, it wasn't fucking Malibu yet, but they knew that they could pay for it. They were happy with whatever Malibu brought to the table. And they uniquely, most of them, not everyone, knew that Malibu would become Malibu and then they backed into it. And I think that's the people that bet on podcasting right now or people that, that bet on text messaging or people that bet on apps in 2009 versus 2007 on the iOS. You know, it's, it's getting the timing right where you're uniquely right of where the market's going but you're a little more mature. No different than taking it old school to when people when Google came along with search, they, they knew that it wasn't done yet. Facebook with social. There was Friendster in MySpace. There's always that company that's number two, three, four, five, that has the benefit of watching what number one did, realize the mistakes, number one established awareness, people are coming to the world, and they were number two or three and they perfected it. And that's extremely common, and uh, that tends to be the person that makes the economics. Then you have, the cycle where people have the timing just as it's happening, right? They're right, it's happening, but they're a year or two or three behind kind of the leaders. They're, they're, they're five years behind the innovators who lost, they were too early, they ate the poison berries, 
the next crew ate the ripe berries. This one's eating the berries that are not as fat. You know, the, the people that ate all the berries, they left the kind of skinny berries, they're dried out, but you still get to eat berries. It's still good, and you got some fucking berries, right? That's that crew. And then you have the next crew, which is, they come to the bush, they heard about the fucking bush, you know, and there's really no berries left. They're, you know, the berries are gone, the last crew before them ate up the dried berries, the first crew made up all the economics, and these people tend to lose, but they don't lose heavily, right? They heard about the bush, they walked a couple miles, yeah, there's no berries, but no big problem, and then you have the last crew. These are people that lose all the money. They, they go out and buy all the bushes that are already dry without the berries on them. They, they, they've heard of this thing, they're buying into a dream, but the, it's long past. They're the people that are launching a social network four years after Facebook has won. They're starting their niche social network. They're latecomers, they often look like the people, they're often people that have already made money in other places that come from outside genres. I would call this the, the, the innovation cycle. I'll tell a story and you'll have to incorporate it in, Colin. Uh, when I signed with a big time CAA uh, agency in Hollywood, I became friendly with them and one of the key young guys told me a story and he said, Gary, this is how Hollywood works. He goes, when I get a phone call from my friend in New York and says, hey, I have this incredible script that just hit my table you should check it out, it would probably make a good movie. Everybody in Hollywood would laugh because they would say, if anybody in New York has a script on their table, it means it's been through Hollywood 44 times and nobody there would take it and so they left Hollywood and tried to sell it. I remember that joke and I thought it was really funny and it was like an interesting insight. Four years later, that same guy who told me that story called me and goes, hey Gary, I've got this app that's super fucking incredible and I think it's gonna be bigger than Facebook. And my reply to him was, hey Michael, do you remember four years ago you told me that story about movie scripts? Yeah. If you're looking at an app in Hollywood, it means it's been through Silicon Valley 44 times and it's a piece of shit and they're preying on you now. And so that's kinda how I think about the cycle of innovation. Too early, too late, you're dead. Yep. Fast follower with understanding pattern recognition, you make all the money. Person slightly behind that person, not bad. You'll get a little fed. Person slightly behind that, not good. Person behind that, dead and loses lots of money. I think that's all incredible. I think uh, the one the one piece, piece we'll add and, and I just, as far as going into a different direction, when, when a lot of people talk about the cycle of innovation, what's really interesting, and I think a big reason why you've won is that it's really a conversation about what's old becomes new again. And so it's capitalizing on what's old becomes new again. Um, if you just want to speak to- Yeah, you know, I mean, sure, about sure, all of that. sure. So humans don't change, mediums change, right? So, you know, when Serial became popular in podcasting two years ago, it was no different than Guiding Light being the breakout soap opera on radio that later transformed to television. Like, we were back to that day and age when people would actually listen for an hour and a half or 45 minutes to a story which had been completely, excuse me, completely eliminated from our society for 50 plus years. We've gotten into a visual storytelling environment, not an audio storytelling environment, and so, 
Yeah, I mean, I've had a very successful career. Like the first time I saw Twitter with, you know, in London, um, I knew that it was email, or at least, and not necessarily that I was right, but I understood that the pattern was, wait, a lot of people can listen to me at the same time and, and transact on that, whether that's consume, buy, drink, whatever was on my mind at the time. And so, yeah, I mean, look, I think of VR, consumer VR the same way now. The internet was around in 1991. It was just the most awkward dudes in their basement were the ones that were using it. And they were right, they just weren't right for the level of scale that we saw by 2010. And so, uh, I do think everything that's old is new. I, um, I remember when I first saw YouTube, um, there was a big part of me that understood that I remember comparing it in early conversations in my mind to like it being like cable tel- television. It was an extension. It was an extension of video. Um, and so, and so, I mean, I basically only trade on what's what was old becomes new. Whether that's radio, television, written word, blogging was was early journalism. Like it was. It's just very obvious to me that. I'm a big believer that history will tell you the future and that you just have to look for those patterns. So boy bands come around every 10 years. It's just money in the bank, right? Like, like uh, the, you know, I think we'll, I'll make a prediction right now. We're really, really ready for another super bad cherry, uh, American Pie, Porky's, right? They're the same fucking movie. You just gotta wait enough that people don't recognize that. And what's even more interesting is that IP is super fascinating, which is if you can wait an entire generation, parents will always make their kids like what they liked. So My Little Pony will recycle every 20 years. Strawberry Shortcake, G.I. Joe, Star Wars. It's just uh, nostalgia is the underpriced uh, value prop in our society and that's another innovative relapse in the way that I think about it. So if you are a middle manager or a you know hopeful founder, sort of a would-be executive. There's people that read Inc. Um, how do you understand what's old becomes new again, and how do you capitalize on that? As that segment class, if you're a mid- middle manager, if you're a, you know soon-to-be executive, if you're a founder, it's, this is just a. I think ultimately, I think ultimately for the reader, it's making a, a, a line in the sand of knowing nothing is new and becoming a much greater practitioner in psychology and history than, than information and predicting the future. Um, so th- that's kind of the framework, Colin, that I'm thinking about, you know? Yep, perfect. That's great. Let's just try how to add value to the people who actually read this publication. Nobody reads, uh-huh. n- nobody reads the publication, Colin. <laughs> Not anymore? No. Ugh, that's too bad. Um, I think, obviously, you've given me a lot. The last, the last is just talking about, you know, how sur- to survive the cycle of innovation. It's really about not being romantic, if you, if you just want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, ultimately, like, people hate... Ch- here's the biggest problem. The ma- here's a good thing. The majority of you readers are in a place where you're on defense. You're in a happy place, you've got what you want, and the biggest reason people lose to innovation is they've hit a level of success, fame, finance, that makes them go on defense versus offense. 
Like you've got your house, you've got your second house, you've got your car, you've paid your kids tuition, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever it is that you deem as success, you've hit it, which then means you go on the reverse and you go to defense. My dad was an entrepreneur and I know the moments when he hit the level that he needed to hit and he went on defense. I manage a lot of people at VaynerMedia. I know a lot of them. When they hit the level of income they want and the level they want and the work-life balance they want, they basically start suppressing everybody underneath them because they don't want the people that are hunting to get their spot. So I would tell you, the most important insight to this whole conversation is this will constantly move and do not allow yourself to become vulnerable to going on defense because the world is always on the offense. That's it. I couldn't ask for more. I'm glad, Colin. I think I've got you know everything I need. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're right. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five star it, even better.